podcast, Happy Insomnia. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. And you can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy. And also our podcast Instagram at Happy and Single. And today I have a treat. I'm with, with my friend, Roseanne Higgins. And she's, she's going to be my guest today on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and let, let her take some time and, and uh, share, share whatever she wants to about her and you know, a little bit about her background and all the really cool stuff that she's done in the world. Wow. <laughs> That's a wide open field. I'm glad to be here. You are looking mighty fine. I like the t-shirt. Um, and you don't look like a guy who's up in the cold country today. So uh, you look like you got some color. It's going to be a fun, a fun time together. Mm. So what, what should I tell you about me? Um, I was, I'm a Midwest girl. I was just telling a girl who gave me some advice uh, about how to care for our health these days um, that I should probably be asking her about her because I'm a Midwest girl. We do that. We chat. <laughs> and I think that's one of my superpowers in matchmaking. I'm a matchmaker for since 1994 for money and before that for free. And that's what led me this way. And we, um, we love to hear what people have to say. And my aunt Benny would never interrupt anybody on their stories. She would just listen and, and never judge. And I think that's a huge superpower to, to grow up around is families who love each other and, uh, don't, don't, uh, disagree with you, which I think is really interesting. And um, I, we moved out here when my dad to Arizona when my dad got arthritis, which was crazy because we didn't have a car. My dad and my mom were blind and legally blind. My dad was legally blind and um, I was adopted. But we moved out here to help my dad's knees last 20 years longer. And I learned how to handle the heat and went to my first public school and because I went to a Catholic grade school. And I don't want to make this a crazy long story. Um, but I went to, I got out, I left home early, um, a very independent soul. I went to modeling school and then roommates of mine said that if I wanted to travel the world, I could join the air force. And I'm like, what? that seemed like a very odd idea, but the idea of somebody paying me to travel, I mean, you're, you're doing happy and single here. So somebody who pays you to travel is like a blogger these days, not somebody who's serving our country and defending it. But it, it was an interesting idea that grew in my head as I thought about it. And my first love, I fell in love with the Grand Canyon because that was where my first kiss was at summer camp, Youth Conservation Corps. And I won't say his name because <laughs> these things live forever. Um, it was my first kiss. We watched the moon come up and he had joined the Navy and he took me to his recruiters. And I will tell you, if you buy me Mexican food or Mexican food that's got seafood, I will probably, you know, be easy prey for a yes decision. So I signed up for the Navy and I wanted to live in Spain. I don't know why I just did. We had to take a language course in high school. And so I chose Spanish because we're in Arizona and it's a extra added value to your career path if you can speak Spanish as well. So I got to live in Spain for three years and I had a lot of assignments and a big superpower that, that I'm using superpower a lot. Um, a big skill that the Navy and all the services uh, hone in you is every, every couple of months to year to couple of years, um, you have to pick up all your things and move. And you leave everybody there behind and you move to a new place and you start from zero making new friends. 
and you just become really good at it because we're a family. No matter how long you've been away from the military, you're still a family. And I learned to love who I could meet in all these places, people who left everything in their worlds to join and serve our country and all traveled the world and learned independence and learned new skills and are have honor and integrity as part of their core values. And all that led to one day I started introducing people and they got married, One a Navy diving officer and a newscaster. They never would have crossed paths, but I met a girl at a pub and I met the guy at the Navy base that the dive school has the best gym. I mean, state-of-the-art equipment. And um, they're all working out like crazy. Navy Diving School in Panama City, Florida at the time. So I introduced them and they got married. And in New Orleans at the Career Counselor School in the Navy, I introduced another couple, our last night at school. And we're on Bourbon Street in a bar. And I'm like, Jane, what do you think of Richard? Oh, I think he's handsome. Because I'm like, you know, checking the vibe. You know, a lot of us have that in us, right? You ever introduce your friends, Joseph? I try to think if I have. Wait, so so this first one, the Navy, the Navy and the newscaster. Uh, newscaster. That was yeah. your very, that was your very first one. No, I had one in Spain, but that was like random hookup kind of thing where she ended Just up. Took notes. You know, it, it, I didn't really feel like I intended that one, but they they were married for twenty five years and had a daughter. And now there's grandchildren, so I love it that there's a legacy of human beings that were born because God put me here and I made that happen. You know, I love making friends. That's all it's about. Yeah. So, so it started way back when, when I was 20 and um, when she said they were getting married, I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, then. Um, and they were happy. They, they had a blast. So, but, but I intended to do the Navy diver and my girlfriend from Actually, I had a girlfriend at the newspaper and she had a girlfriend that she brought along. And I mean, the guys in, that go to dive school, they're, they're akin to Navy SEALs. You know, they go through a lot of the same, similar training and uh, they're hard bodies. It's like, what? Not the light. And, <laughs> um, um, and they're, they're dedicated, you know, mission focused and, and dedicated to our country. So um, um the New Orleans, it was our last night. And I go to the guy that uh, I go to Richard and I'm like, Richard, what do you think of Jane? Oh, I think she's lovely, but I'm probably too old. And I'm like, I'll be right back. You know, I'm a wingman at the time, wingwoman, I guess, but they didn't hire me or want me to be their wingman. You know, people sometimes just need you to step up. So I'm like, Jane, he thinks he's too old. He's not too old. He told me he was 42 or 43. And she's like, that's not too old. I go back. He's like, it's too late. It's never too late. And he's like, what? I said, well, you could ask her to go for a walk when you get back to the base. Let's create our possibilities. So if, if I could have one message out there for anybody that tunes in to your show to help out your friends, you know, be a, do a solid. If you see something, you might be the only person who sees that, that moment or seizes the moment. I love Carpe Diem. And you, it's, it's that time you get now or the moment's past. You walk out of the coffee shop, she's walking in. That was in a movie. That was in um, Meet Joe Black. Remember that? Then he gets, I, haven't, I haven't seen that movie, but well, it's a, at least it's I don't a think cool, I have. It's a cool movie. 
So um, um, take advantage of who God sends you because that is a God moment. And that's what happened that night. And I guess they went for a walk that night because he was in St. Mary's, St. Michael's, Maryland. There's a St. Mary's crab house um, nearby. And she was a nurse in St. Louis. And they um, um, flew back and forth to see each other. And I get an invitation to a wedding at this church he always wanted to get married in. This was on a dirt road, itty bitty, historic, like from the 1800s. I mean, is that who, who has a dream of what church they want to get married in? Don't not most guys. <laughs> not most guys. Yeah. So anyway, mm -hmm. um, so in 1994, somebody suggested I create uh, a matchmaking service and do something different than anybody else was doing. And I'm like, what? People would pay me money to do that. Um, and they said, think about it. And so I researched it for four months. and. I found that one girl, I had a focus group. I'm like a researchaholic. The reason my matches work so well is I ask every question and then some. I mean, one guy wrote in a review, Roseanne asks an inordinate amount of questions and it can take the fun out of it. And we're happy and single. I mean, it, it, it's like you have to stop the happy train for a second and ask a lot of serious questions. And it's nice if somebody knows you this well and can filter out because it's easier to somebody else to do your filtering because attraction can just go make things go wonky and you make really bad decisions because you just went ooh attraction i just had a funny thought it's almost it's almost like you're the friend in grade school that runs notes back and forth you're like does, does she like me yes <gasps> she likes you okay now what you know and, and you keep you keep taking the questions back and forth back and forth back and forth because you, you ask him, like, oh, okay, they're on the same page. So, and they're on the same page here. They're on the same page here. They're on the same page here. Like, it's almost like, you know, the other metaphor coming to my mind is almost like you're building a house. You know, you keep, you just keep getting brick after brick after brick after brick after brick until you've crafted this beautiful house that like you know, that. That, that you know, they both want. I like that. It reminds me of another movie where Woody Harrelson talks about what is this? And it's a brick. And it's the, you know, it's a house. It's a dream. Well, and I love another thing you said, speaking of dreams, like I'm all about playing in the land of possibility. So many people, and you specifically mentioned something that I know I haven't really been willing to, to take on on the show for a podcast episode yet. It, you know, the kind of the age thing, but it's definitely a question in everybody's mind. It's like, Okay, so I'm this old, she's this old, is it too much, is it creepy? Like, we have all of this thought-created reality that we've placed in our head about what am I able to date? What, what is considered uncreepy? Like, you know, and, and we have, you know, phrases like stealing the baby, whatever it's called, stealing the baby out of the cradle or little, little things like that. Cradle robbing. But, you know, there's also been people that have been super happy that have been you know, a little bit older, a little bit younger. So I'm curious, kind of, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you, what do you think as a, as a professional matchmaker, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I could talk a lot about this. I don't do things for money. Well, that could be wrong. I have to get paid, but 
if you just want to hand me money and get me a babe who's you know young enough to be your granddaughter, no, I will not do that. I my divorce rate is less than four percent, and it's because I'm finding two people who just wait, 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 pause, pause, pause. That's incredible. Like a ninety six percent stayed married rate. Yeah. That's an A plus. Thank you. Like that's that's amazing. coming from above. It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm the messenger. I'm the, I'm the. I, I totally agree. Like, I think, you know, God is really the ultimate matchmaker, you know, and, and, but apparently he needs a pretty awesome, you know, tool like yourself and, and a word has, <laughs> doesn't sound as good, but. Let's dig it on instrument, instrument. He needs an amazing like instrument to be able to get these people together because He's telling them, he's like, hey, this person's amazing for you. And, uh, you know, and he tells the other person, hey, that person's amazing for you. And they're like, oh, they, they, they would never see me like that. I don't like them. Or, no, not that one. I, that, it's, it's not usually that. It's usually, oh, I'm too old. I'm too young. They wouldn't like me. It's not usually I don't like them. It's usually they wouldn't like me. And so have you had something in your head lately. Did you see somebody who looks really young? And this is why this topic came to head, came to mind. No, not at all. Okay. Just, you know, no, I, I've definitely had, but I have but... plenty of people in this community that always like they've, they've asked this question of, you know, kind of the age thing and, you know, girls thinking about dating younger guys or guys thinking about dating like younger girls. So no, this is, this isn't a question I, I generally think of. Well, it's, but you know, since you kind of brought it up, I was like, oh, let's, let's, uh, okay. let's play. I'm going to jump in. You want me to jump in? Absolutely. All right. I ask um, your height range and age range really quickly up at the front and how tall are you? Because most girls, I, I never knew this before. I did this for a living. Ask for somebody who's at least 5'10 or 6 foot. I had no idea. One of my successful matches, he's 5'7 and a half. But before I let him hire me, I said, I've got a girl in mind. And he had been referred to by a girl who fell madly in love with this haughty Austrian guy the day she came in for her interview. And I'd known her for years. And she's like, Roseanne, maybe I should wait till next year. I said, you can, but all my great guys, they'll be off the market by then because this is my wicked superpower. I'm going to get these guys exactly what they want. And if it's not you, God's going to send me somebody else. It's okay. You get to decide if this is your timing. And she fell in love with that guy that day. And she told the world, so she tells this guy about me and that he's got to hire me. And I didn't know he was a hottie yet, but he was from Australia and he had this sexy Australian accent. And so it's interesting. The other guy was Austrian. This is Australian. Um, and he was articulate. He was gifted with his thoughts, how he expressed himself. I'm like, that would be interesting to wake up with for the rest of my life. I mean, not me personally, but for whoever I'd be bringing him to or bringing to him. And so I thought of this girl who he was into fitness. She is a former competitive cyclist. And I said, I'm going to call a girl. If she says yes, that she would consider going out with you and I will meet you because the five, seven and a half thing could be limiting. And I don't want you to pay me a dime if I cannot get you what I think you're, you're telling me you're looking for. So I called her up and she said, I have no problem with that at all. So, um, and he was also Asian. I said, how do you feel about a guy who's Asian? She says, no problem with that at all. So then I find out I meet him at a Bob Proctor seminar that I was going to that night, the secret guy. And he said he would go with me. 
just to meet me because, you know, I'm there to meet more people and people who want to uh, better themselves are some of the best people to introduce because if they're looking to better themselves before they get into a marriage or a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, they're coming in whole. They're coming in ready as a giver, not a taker. And my guys can find the takers. Like the age difference question is more about, I get the question of, should you marry somebody who is a lot like you or different? And I'm like, it depends on if you like somebody who is different, because it may be fun and exciting to be with somebody who's more outgoing and you're quiet, but you may like your quiet time and rest and have just get exhausted being around somebody who is up here all the time. So you need to make a grown up decision of what you really want in your life, because it could come back and bite you if you if you aren't looking long term. And so where was I on this? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Age. So one guy called me up and he said he um, is really successful. And that always makes me worry. They're all successful. If they can afford me, they, they have to be able to have uh, usually 250K on up to seven, eight figure incomes. And so that doesn't impress me. I'm here to make sure I get you love. And I don't want to, I don't want you to, to get you the girls that are looking out for you because that's their mission. They're in Scottsdale making themselves look pretty just to catch the, the guy with the money. Those aren't my girls. I want the girl who is beautiful to the core. And I want to make sure that I get you a girl who wants you for you, who you go to dinner with. And she's just like, wow, I can't believe a guy this good exists. One girl said that to me who about this guy is 46 and he had just gotten back from Greece from a, like an EO or a YPO trip and um, really good, fun guy. What's and, an EO trip or a YPO trip? I don't know. Uh, EO is entrepreneurs. That who make 10 million and up revenues and YPO might be a hundred K. I'm not, uh, my, okay. or, I mean, might be 10 million. Sorry. Um, and, uh, so they have, uh, CEO, uh, events for growth and, and, uh, networking together. Um, like a girl I referred to EO just got back from Croatia. So, uh, she has four schools. So anyway, um, um, age range. One guy called me, I was saying he was 56. And he said he wanted a girl, but she couldn't be older than 26. And I'm like, he was 56. Yeah. And she couldn't be. I said, what happens at 26? Do you trade them in and, and get somebody like 23? And then you keep them for three years and then you do another trade in, you know, that's going to start looking really ooky pretty soon, you know? And I said, I introduce women who don't typically want to go on a date with somebody older than their father. And this is love. and I don't think that we're a fit. And there's always dead silence when I say that. And, and then they're like, okay. And I'm like, thanks for calling. If you know anybody that I could serve, you know how to find me. So, um, but I'm finding women that these guys would die to date and they all look beautiful. They just, if they're in their forties, they're taking really good care of themselves and they look younger anyway. But if you need a 26 year old and that's what your ego is telling you has to be by your side, that's not a wedding. That's not a marriage. That's not love. That's, that's you having a trophy, having a prop. And I don't support that. The divorce, I won't risk my divorce rate changing just to get your money. Well, I, I don't actually love, you know, that's, re that's really cool too, that you can't be bought. It reminds me of uh, the movie Hitch where the guy from- 
Yeah, it reminds me of the guy from Burn Notice that comes in and he's like, oh, I'm super awesome. I'm super important. It doesn't matter how much I have to pay you. And he's like, no, I don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't do that. And uh, I don't remember the Burn Notice guy coming in. I do know the actor. I mean, I don't know him personally. Yeah, so he, com- he comes in and he basically wants to, you know, he, he wants to sleep with this girl and just be done with her. You know, so he can get her off her mind. And Will Smith's like, yeah, that's not my style. And, uh, you know, so that, you know, in a little bit different way that, you know, reminds me of what you're talking about. of just like not, you know, of being willing to, you know, turn down money when it's just not the right fit. Like, you know, I, I guess the metaphor now that I use, it doesn't make as much sense, but whatever. And, but I'm curious just because. I want their hearts to skip a beat when they see each other. Oh, yeah. Not just, not just his. <laughs> I actually love what you just said because it's so true. Like, yeah, guys, many guys' hearts will skip a beat when there's any attractive girl in the room, regardless. Well, so I'm curious, just as far as, you know, just as far as AIDS, let's, you know, use me as an example, not that I'm looking. So if I, oh, were, if I were 37, which I am, what would be the youngest girl that you're really on this topic? I know. I'm just curious now. (laughs) Well, if she can legally drink alcohol, I think that she qualifies, but like one of my guys was 25. Okay. And well, I would say though, I would want to know your maturity level and how mature she's got to be. Usually if somebody's hiring me, they're looking for somebody who can be a great partner in life. Some girls that are 24 are ready. Some girls that are 30 are not. So it kind of depends on the whole, you know, where your beliefs are, what matters to you. Do you want children? One of my couples, um, the only thing that differed, I told them this, was uh, she wanted three to four children, she told me, over here before they met. And he said he wanted four to five. And I told them this at one of their Christmas parties that they had together. And she said, well, I've since changed it to four to five. And he says, it depends on how many she can have by the time she's 40. But that they agree on even that. But I mean, they both have moms from Chicago. They both lived in Spain. They both went to Jesuit schools. They both grew up Catholic. Um, Their priest called me up before the wedding. And he said, Roseanne, I've married hundreds of couples. I'm representing the um, Omaha family and the, the Arizona family Catholic priest is also going to be officiating with me, but I've never seen a couple so fully desire each other. Would you be willing to share their story? And I'm like, wow, that's like the best thing anybody has ever said, you know? And, and he said later after the wedding that he overheard, there's a part of the wedding ceremony where the daughter gives their now mother-in-law a bouquet of flowers and you say something when you make that presentation that the whole church doesn't get to hear and he overheard it and he said oh my you know it was just the most beautiful thing he'd heard somebody share and they are in this he said my family doesn't believe in divorce and she said mine doesn't either even though her parents were divorced they still celebrate holidays together and so they have this tight-knit oh and she, she has three brothers and he has three sisters I mean, it's just an insane amount of things that lined up and that doesn't happen. I mean, a lot of things line up. People tell me we're so compatible as if I don't know. 
<laughs> and, I, and I find that so I, it's just like inside I'm trying to act like this is a fresh sentence that I've never heard before and because I want to I want to interact with you and not play the recording that's back here and um and I want to listen to that and I was driving back from San Diego when one of my guys said that I had him get to, on an airplane to meet a newscaster because I said out of all the girls I know I think you need to get on a plane and go meet this one because you want to wake up with somebody happy and this girl is happy she emanates exudes uh just this this joie de vivre she enters a room and, and the room lights up and he had had he had had loss in his life and i thought this could be they both had two sons um there were just a lot of things that lined up and to be able to have that person go from the jetway put that foot on the airplane and know that they're making a decision to possibly go meet their destiny, that's an exciting moment. And we all get to make decisions on whether we go do something. It's a risk that could take us to magical places that we don't even know where they are, but, but we gotta go. What do you tell people that don't know, per se, if they're like, quote unquote, worthy of the other person? Because I'm guessing you probably have some, some things like that pop up. I'm, I'm guessing in all the different people that you've had the chance to work with. I know, I think the number you told me before was like 170. Good memory. Eight, is it eight or two? I know it's one of the two. Yeah. 178, okay. So 178 couples that you've been able to set up that, I mean, that's just amazing. I'm, I'm guessing in that, because I know plenty of people, especially as they get older, and this is one of the things that I hear, you know, they're, they're kind of worried about like, you know, whether they're, whether they're kind of worthy to date, you know, certain people. And I know, and I know that sounds somewhat weird, but I think, you know, what I'm talking I think it's about, weird. just, what do you, what do you tell those people? It's something I've gone to thousands of events. I created romance headhunting. I didn't mention that. I combined the best practices of matchmaking and executive search in 1994. And I go out and I find people. I was going with one of the girls who just had a baby. Um, we were at her former condo and I saw this girl and she smiled at me like, like, boom, like, wow. And I'm into guys, but, but that smile was like, my guys would say, stop for that. Stop now. And I told this girl, her name's Lainey. She doesn't mind me using your name. She, I said, we got to stop. We got to meet her, both of us. <laughs> and, and just her smile told me I needed her. And um, being worthy, you have to believe you're worthy to attract and to be um, in, a, in a lovable place. And only you can handle whether you feel you're lovable. And I would tell you, you are 100%. God didn't pick anybody out not to be worthy of love. When you come out and you're an itty bitty baby, he doesn't bless some as not so much you. You know, it's us. We're born to be loved. We got it. We, and if you've forgotten it, remember it. Think about all the things that, that you can, you can uh, go back to where somebody said something kind to you, where somebody said you were special where you felt special because of what you did. 
make a start making a list of that inventory and you'll re-believe in yourself. And you have to have that or nobody else can want to drink from your water. I mean, if you really think you're not worthy, it makes others wonder why they shouldn't trust you. And what is it that you're hiding? What is it that that would make you even think that? Because if they are, if they, I'm not getting at this quite right. I'd have to be in that scenario. And the people that I work with, they, it's, it's really rare that I have this come up. But to be a whole as a couple, you both have to come in whole as an individual. And when you have the rough spots, you both have to know you're strong enough to deal with it together and that you want to do your part and that they, you're with somebody who also is leaning in to do their part. I love people who lean in. When I call a girl, I have guys, one of my guys was golfing with his dad in Ireland and he sees his phone ring and it's me. And he says, when it's you, Roseanne, I know it's important. I take it. So he's on a golf course in Ireland because I just found a girl and he's like, it's important. And he's whole and he's ready. And he's with his dad. Hi, dad. I love stuff like that, you know? So you being whole and ready, there's, I don't know, the thing about self-worth, I know that today more than ever, there's, there's mental health challenges and there are people out there to help us get through. And it's not just we're born happy, so we should stay happy. There are things we all go through and we need help. So if, if you don't feel the whole today, know that you are and can be, and it's all within you to seek out who the strong people are around you that believe in you, that can help you get from here to there and maybe discover who you don't know yet that can help you get there and discover what's in you that's keeping you. I was just writing down a list of my fears. I loved getting that question given to me. What are my fears? What's holding me back? And it's really crazy because if you would ask me in my 20s, if I would still be asking myself what I was afraid of, you know, in, in 20 years, who will say, <laughs> um, <laughs> I would just go, oh my, remember when I was 21 and I asked a girl who was 26, I was a runner. I was, I ran cross country and road crew in college, but I remember thinking 26 was ancient and this Lieutenant female was at the laundromat. We didn't have, uh, I was living off a base in Spain. We didn't have our, our own washers and dryers. So we had to, I, I, I put mine in a sea bag on my moped and do, 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 you know, rode it into the base. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and I remember asking her, Seriously, I wonder if I'll be running when I'm 26. <laughs> and, and it's, I mean, I do the Grand Canyon Rim to Rim every year. That's one of my, you're happy and single. I thought we were going to talk about, I had no idea we we're going to talk about matchmaking today. So, um, you know, I love <laughs> doing things that are fun. And I thought we were going to talk about fun things that people who are happy and single, you know, like to do. So I hike the Grand Canyon. There's, yeah, there's definitely one of those. I mean, you've, yeah, t- tell us more about hiking the canyon and then tell us about your other, other thing that we've talked about too. Okay, let me see. So, um, oh yeah, my girlfriend, one, one of my girlfriends uh, that I've just known for years, I hit on her at a restaurant because she was, she was a runner and just beautiful and had this awesome smile. And I'm, girl, you single? We need to be girlfriends. I need to know you. My guys need to know you. And we've been friends ever since. And um, she said, you hike it alone? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's just like an open invitation I, uh, to, to hike the rim to rim and get out and 
and reward myself with uh, the like one day a year I eat really crappy food. I get a hot dog. It's really bad. I know. Wait, wait, wait. One uh, day a year you eat bad food? No, the one day I really, I really sin. I mean, because I my thing was a hot dog and a soft ice cream, and I, I don't, I don't keep ice cream in the house. It's just because I, I get yogurt if I have to. If I have to, I get a mocha chip. Um, yeah. So, um, but, but for me to get a hot dog after, a you know, 24 mile hike, uh, going down a mile and, and up a mile, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's hard on the body and it's just, um, it's a psyche. Cause I start thinking about going to that little cafe at the bright angel lodge, um, like, uh, from three miles out. <laughs> oh yeah. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> so. Um, and being happy and single, I, I just, I, I love my life. I, I could be happy and married, um, which is a goal. And I know I will be, um, but doing the rim to rim. And then I hiked with the leukemia and lymphoma society. I did Yosemite. It was a dream of mine, but I wanted somebody to show me the way the first time. So I signed up for the team and training. That's another thing that happy and single people do and married people. Um, and then the thing you were alluding to is, uh, don't ask me why, but I had this idea when I was, I was seeking a Christian girl at Grand Canyon University for one of my Christian clients. And it's a, it's a Christian university. I love Grand Canyon University. It's a beautiful campus. I love their chapel. I think it was Tuesday mornings that they had it. I went to their TEDx um, GCU. I've just met the most amazing people there. So I asked one of the girls who went to coffee with me. Um, she was on a skateboard. And I'm like, could you teach me and see if I could pick this up but she has a i mean when you're used to it you want something that has give so that you can do you know the roll things and do the skateboard pits uh i'm not i've never i don't have that kind of balance uh so i'm like after like two little three little wobbly efforts i'm like okay this isn't gonna work but what if there was something more firm what if i know i can do a bird scooter my um my page, my homepage on my uh, phone, my, my screensaver is me on a scooter um, on the, um, the beach, on the path on the beach in Santa Monica with the, with the Ferris wheel in behind me. It just makes me so happy. It's in my happy place. I wanna, I wanna live part-time in Southern California, putting that out to the world in case anybody has a guest house. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> um, I mean, your, your podcast reaches far and wide. So anyway, I came up with this idea a couple of weeks ago. What could help me balance on a skateboard? Is there a training wheel skateboard? I learned there's a thing called a skateboard shop. I didn't know. I mean, there's bike shops. Why not skateboard shops? And there's one two miles away. And he said they've been there forever. So I called him up and I said, is there anything to help newbies like me? You know, I'm over 40. Um, learn and give us balance and just give us a chance to, you know, um, figure it out you know, get, get comfortable. And he didn't know, he didn't, he didn't bring up what I came up with. So we get off the phone and I'm thinking about, it. I'm like, what if there's a hybrid? What if there's, cause if, I know I can do the bird scooter with a handle with a, you know, it's a kickstart. So you just have to go boom, boom, boom and, and hit the, you know, throttle. And I could do a moped. So I could obviously stand on something that moved too, right. Instead of sitting. So what if there's a no power one, but it's got a handle on it? What if there's a skateboard scooter? So I went to Amazon and I found this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it's kind of cool. I, I got a pretty one. 
they had um, another color and it didn't make me as happy. Um, and it's got, I got the highest, I've got the, it pulled out to the highest setting. I've only ridden it to the mailbox so far. I'm trying to show where the settings are here. It's just like a hiking pole. So, so this handle pulls out mm -hmm. and, and, and goes lower. And I, if I were seven, this would be so much easier. If I were like, you know, this tall holding on to it, or maybe that tall, uh, instead of six foot, I mean, I've got an inseam of 36 inches. So this isn't the easiest thing for me to pick up. But if I can get good at doing it to the mailbox, then I'm going to take on a parking lot. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a show and tell thing I didn't bring over here. There's, they have these things that are poles that you could actually, I mean, I figure at some point I'm going to want to take this bar off once I get good enough. But if I, I saw this guy who did a fundraiser um, uh, going from Salt Lake City to Las Vegas on a longboard and he used poles, two poles, not just one. They sell them as one. So I had to buy two. And I thought, what if I got a longboard? <laughs> That's so, awesome. Right? Doesn't this just make you happy? So that actually you're happy like and single people. <laughs> Huh? I said that actually looks a little bit like the back of my shirt. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. So I just figured that um, it's never too old. I mean, plus when I'm introducing people, the girls that are excited about something, guys can get excited about. Sure, they want somebody they're attracted to. But if a girl's actually excited about something, who doesn't want to wake up the rest of their life with somebody who's excited about something? You know, and isn't just moaning and holding on to something bad that happened to them and they just can't let it go. We only get to day once. I remember reading the book. Have you read Untethered Soul by Michael Singer? Oh, uh, is that his? So I've read, I think so. I've read, a, the, the, I've read the first one. I think I've read it. I read well, a lot. Of, I've read a lot of books. So I, 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 I hear you. Go, I go totally on. hear you. I'm driving up. I went to University of Santa Monica and studied spiritual psychology. And I wanted to, you know, find out the magic within and there's 33 spiritual powers and uh, within us. And um, I'm listening. It's one of the required reading books in it. And I'm driving up to see one of my classmates in Santa Barbara on like the windiest road ever. And so I know exactly where I am when I'm listening to Michael Singer ask, do you know what the most important lesson in life is and i'm just like it's like dead silence in my head it's like meditation that moment where you actually have total clarity and i'm not really good at that because i usually have i'm bombarded with ideas all the time so for, for so i remember this moment and i'm waiting to hear him tell me and he says death i'm just like the most important lesson in life is death if you know you only have one day to live, what do you do? What comes to your mind? What becomes important? What matters to you? What do you suddenly find the time to do? Who do you call? And it's all about love usually. You know, it's not about clearing up your desk. You know, <laughs> it's not about decluttering. It's not about a fight that you've got to get through. It's about telling, it's like, I don't know if you've been watching the, uh, the wonderful coverage of the 20 year anniversary of 9-11, but all the phone calls that they show that recorded people calling their loved ones is just showing you that that's exactly 
what everybody was going through, knowing that this might be the last time the people that are in the buildings, calling their loved ones, telling them what's going on, telling them I love them. If I don't see you, you know, I'll see you soon or I'll see you sooner or later. Um, it's just the beautiful magic that we are called to when we release the things that aren't important and we raise up what is. And I think people get so caught up into all of the stuff. Like the stuff is wonderful. The stuff is great. I have no problem having, having the stuff or having other people having the stuff. I think all of that is on this giant path that each of us experience when we just, like you're talking about with Michael Singer, of just releasing. And I think it's a combination between, you know, what's our work to do on this earth, like what God really wants us to do. And it's a combination between what we want to do. And how does this, there's this really cool quote See how, how quick I can pull it up, but it's a uh, multitask right there on your screen. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to run with it whenever something comes to mind, right? But it, it's a quote by Leo Tolstoy, and it says, it is within my power either to serve God or not to serve him. Serving him, I add my own good, or I add, it, I add to my own good and the good of the whole world. Not serving him, I forfeit my own good and deprive the world of that good which was in my power to create. And I just love that. I came across that in the Artist's Way book just probably a few weeks ago. And, and ever since then, it hit, it hit really hard because when we just do, like every single one of us, I mean, for you, you have made your profession connecting people. So connecting one spirit to another spirit. And so you're looking for it everywhere that you go. Yeah, you're looking for is these people that are just full of light and life. You're like, oh my goodness, I have to meet that person. And anybody that you go up to is going to be so grateful and thrilled because you're like, oh my goodness. Well, at least this, there's a lot of that, but there's also reality. I mean, I remember going up and by the way, um, I'm doing this because I have the fan blowing on me. And it just feels good, oh, but it's making my eyes water a little bit. And I've got contacts in for once. I've been doing uh, readers that the Navy gave me. And um, I told you about BCGs, birth control glasses. They aren't that bad. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I'm wearing contacts for you. Um, so where was I going? Where was I going? I was saying how most, I, I, would, I would honestly think most people are really flattered when you walk up and you'd be like, oh my goodness, you are an attractive individual. Yeah. Like you have... Because you look for inside and out. Like the way this I'm looking like like the in LA. I had a girl that met me at uh what was it called? Where the restaurant Asia de Cuba is. Uh and it's like the hot spot with all the wealthy people. And I was with a girlfriend of mine who's a producer for Universal Pictures, was working with Pierce Brosnan. But when she found I was a matchmaker and maybe not a movie star or a director, I guess. You know, I, I went from being important to um, who's behind her, you know, and I was like, oh, and but, you know, it takes courage. I had a reporter from the Arizona Republic follow me around. He says, I want to see how you do this. So I was involved in the Phoenix Art Museum for years. We had the uh, New York Times ranked at one of the top 10 pickup places in the country. 
And the, we would have after hours, the second Wednesday of every month, and we would have 400 to 1200 artists, architects, and attorneys, and miscellaneous people. And it was a great hunting ground for people who are single. And um, he followed me around and he watched me get names and numbers and details. And so another girl did this from Phoenix Magazine with me. And she's like, Rosanna, I'm amazed how much people revealed to you so quickly. But you know, I could get all full of that in my head and go, yeah, I'm all that. But really, I'm just being a friend. I'm just doing what I love. And because I love you, you know, that's how you and I met through Steve and lovely Steve Hardison. And we saw magic. And when you have magic, who can resist? You know, who doesn't want to be in a magical conversation and just let whatever happens happen? And we don't even need to control it. We just get to see we're on this adventure, this ride together. So, but not everybody has been excited. I started this in 1994. Match.com and Google both were invented like right after I created Spies. And so, you know, there's been a lot of changes since then. And I would have people tell me, oh, I don't, one guy with a huge ego, he says, oh, I would never pay for anybody, you know, to, to meet a girl. And I looked at him and he was just, he was unkind. He he was paying, he was buying these hot girls drinks and that was his play. That was his only play. He's going to end up in a happy marriage, unhappy marriage with a divorce because he attracts women who want him to pay for them. And, and I don't mean to say it like that. And, and you can, you can delete that part if this doesn't fit because it's not meant to be no, uh, awful, but I want people to, to be loved for love. For, for what's inside of them. You know that I've said that, said that here, but it hasn't always been. I mean, you go up to girls, maybe not you, but some people um, go up to girls and don't hit it out of the park every time. We all have certain people we're attracted to. And it doesn't mean we have to want to have an overnighter with everybody we meet. You know, that should be this many people, you know? And, and, and so to be a friend, that's, we can be friends with the world, but we also, we may see something that we don't like in somebody and it's okay. We have to have some sort of filter. And that's where people get in trouble is not making healthy decisions on who, who we should have in our life, who's really good for us and who isn't good for us. And if you're good to another person, I think the quality of who comes into your circle improves. It really does. Like I saw, um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz and, um, and is it, what's, it, what's the other Ruiz, Don Miguel, and is it Jose? The, the, the son. I saw him, the, the one with the dark hair, and I interviewed him, so you'd think I, have, I would have his name. Um, um, I saw okay, him. You're give, on the spot. It's, it's all right. I, I, saw, I saw him giving hugs to people all day long at this Celebrate Your Life event, and it was so beautiful. And he knew some of them and some of them he'd just met and there was no difference in the love that he gave. And I asked him about that. And he says, that's the Toltec tradition. If we all had that kind of beauty, we all do. We have that beauty inside of, of us, but it takes courage and vulnerability and loving somebody else and not worrying about whatever they're bringing into their day or into my fold. All I have is what can I be for you? And that magical moment can let you release whatever you were holding back with. And I want people who do that in the couples that I create. 
And that's what I'm, that's, I think, one of the things that I'm particularly good at. If you resist me approaching you, you're not ready for a relationship with who I didn't introduce you to. And that is okay. I'm not meant to introduce you. I'm meant to find somebody else who just goes, you do what? Oh my, that sounds like the best job on earth. And I've been doing it since 1994. So you bet it is still an awesome job. So tell me about you. And who doesn't want, one girl said, this is like therapy. Come in and talk about yourself for two hours. You know, so I, and, and I really do care. I wanted like one girl, we did the cystic fibrosis stair climb and I learned she does Irish dancing. And I like to do this, play dumb and, and just see what people will do. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's so the happy and single thing. I'm like, how do you do that? And I'm like, getting my camera. <laughs> how do you do that? And she starts doing this dance right in front of me. And I'm like, oh God, I'm going to show this video too. He's just going to pee his pants. Not literally. But he's just <laughs> go, I want that. And she's adorable. So I'm capturing beauteous moments that I get to give away as a gift. Like, wouldn't you want that to walk into your front door? Well, and I think you see people for who they really are at a very deep level. Like you see how, you really see how awesome everybody is. And even just by you sharing and talking with them, they feel, they feel like that much more awesome about, about who they are because so many people do. Like they, we've all got questions. We've all got doubts. We've all got, you know, passing thoughts that grow through our head, which I call crazy leprechaun thinking that just, you know, passes through. I mean, everybody has that at times and you go in and you, you really help people see, you know, how amazing they are. And I mean, and how amazing is that to like, you know, and to have that level of, that level of connection that you have, which is kind of the world around you. I mean, I remember when we first met at, you know, as a, it was Steve Hardison's event. I think he'd spoken at church that day and we met afterwards and you did like, he let me in. <laughs> he let you in. Yeah. Like, and, and he had that amazing, you had that amazing presence about you and an amazing energy and you lit up the room. Yeah. But you lit it up and that's why we, you know, so I'm sitting here and I hate, I, I was guilty. I was finding myself playing these list of questions. I'm like, I would hate to end our time together today without asking about your soul and what makes you happy. You know, what, what, I mean, you're talking to a matchmaker right now. And if you could make a wish on what you want for love, whether it's now or five years from now, um, what would that look like for you? Do you want children? What's, what's your story, Joseph? I mean, in, in a nutshell, like, I mean, absolutely. Like the most important thing to me is, I mean, is really playfulness. You know, like a girl that can be super playful that I'm, that I'm beyond attracted to. It's, you know, that we're just super connected and happy and, you know, have all that, that PDA stuff and whatnot. I mean, that's, that's, that's in a, in a really small nutshell. Are you saying you like PDA? Is that what you were just telling me there? Well, I mean, kind of like, you know, just like not afraid to do that stuff if, okay. if you want to, like so in a playful, romantic way. Yeah. Not in a weird, like creepy way. Yeah, just, yeah, sure. Sure. Like they're so sure of themselves that they're just happy. Like they're, you know, they're touch, they're touchy feely type people. And, but 
you know, that we just have this amazing, amazing connection. And I have met very, very few girls in my life like that, that I've really, really connected with. And so, but I mean, in a, in a nutshell, like that's probably as, as much as I'll share on the podcast, off the podcast, I might, I might share a lot more, but. Don't you have what's, a PhD? What's that? Don't you have a PhD? No, I'm, I'm, no? Not, I'm not a, I'm not a school person. I, I'm more, I'm one of those people that I'll study what I want to do. Okay. And, you know, so I, I studied coaching and I've studied it for 18 years and understand people. But so if, if they gave PhDs in coaching, I'd, I'd, I'd probably almost have one of those. <laughs> but, but no, I'm just, I'm all about, I'm all about helping people see, like reach the fullness of the measure of their creation. Like so many people really do not understand what they have the ability to have. And when they're, when they're able to just begin to see that just a little bit, they start opening up and they start showing up differently in the world. And Happy and Single is all about living your adventure. It's about not worrying what, what your parents say, not worrying about what anyone else around you says about your life, because it doesn't matter. Everybody gives great advice, but they're not living your life. You know, like, so most of, most advice that's given really isn't that great about what we should do. The only thing we should ever do is follow the inner voice, you know, follow the spirit and follow where we feel guided and directed because the world is not going to always cheer you on. And especially, you know, I mean, the world's probably changing a lot as far as, you know, single and stuff like that. But for a long time, it was just, Oh, well, you're single. That's, you know, sucks to be you. But you're like, yeah, like definitely people are, you know, that have married and families and all that great stuff. And sometimes for a long time, they just couldn't really relate to single people. But I mean, I, so we have to just choose to live the way we want to, because even with married people, there are people judging them too. They're saying, oh, well, you've got one kid. When are you going to have another? When are you going to have another? And then it just goes on and on and on. The most important thing that I think that anybody could ever understand is that each of us really do. We have this inner voice. We have the spirit, which I believe to be, you know, God just guiding and leading us down our best path. And it's this path that has so many amazing things on it that we could ever imagine. But we ask and we say, okay, God, this is what I want. And he's like, okay, do this thing. And we're like, no, that couldn't be it. But when people really get engaged in life, like the people that you meet are often super engaged in their life. They're either men that have you know, been super engaged in creation and creating all these amazing companies or amazing ways because you know, like all the people that you work with are, you know, are people generally of means. And so they've had to create something in the world. And, and the women that you meet oftentimes are these women that just, they know who they are and they know what they have to offer. They know their energy, they know their purpose, and, and they're driven. They're not sitting around all the time just wasting their life and wasting their time saying, someday my prince will come. They're saying, cool, like someday some guy's going to see me, but until then, I'm going to go out, I'm going to live my adventure, I'm going to have the time of my life, and when I meet somebody worth giving up that adventure or worth adding to the adventure better yet, cool. 
but they're not sitting around waiting for their person. They're living their lives. And that's why we see their energy. That's, that's why it's electric when, when we meet those people. And we're like, oh my goodness, who is that? Because they haven't been sitting around wasting their life. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, my brain is like constantly firing. And so I'm thinking about who's your girl. Are you ready if she shows up? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You don't know if you're ready until the girl actually shows up, in my humble opinion. Uh, yeah. It's like you think, you think you're not ready, and then they show up. And then you're so like, you're not, not wow. ready. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how to answer that question. <laughs> um, I mean, I was thinking, I like to think, how would you meet her? What would she be like? And you need somebody who's really grounded in positivity and adventure. So it could be the solo travels. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention I want to do the Camino de Santiago, the 500 mile pilgrimage uh, at the north of Spain from France to the tip uh, of uh, what's it called? Porto de Pied to. Uh, Santiago. The what is that? I've, I've never heard of that. You haven't heard it? There is, gosh, I have so many books I've been collecting and a map. And I'm, I want to get a better map because it's 500 miles of walking. And there's like six different ways to get to Santiago. And this one comes from, well, if, if you're looking at it, the map, like the east, the west side of Spain, would be up here, the Northwest and the um, French side up here. And it's underneath the border. So underneath the, uh, the Basque edge where Santander is, it goes through actually where the running of the bulls is in, in, Pamplona, in Pamplona, not like the same exact day it goes through, depending on when you're actually going to do it. But it's a historic pilgrimage. And I wish I could be better. You need a guest who is an expert or who's done it for five different times. But there was a movie called The Way that Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez, his son, did on the pilgrimage. And they actually did a Q&A and a bus tour. And I went to see them in Scottsdale at Harkins Theater. And I was just like, that would be a cool thing to do. I mean, if I can do a rim to rim, why not a walk across Spain? One of my guys that I'm working with, he took a child, he will take each child at like, I think the age of between 13 and 16, I'm not sure which, what year it is, on whatever trip they want to. And one wanted to walk across England. So they did. Can you imagine having that kind of time with your dad? Isn't that the, just the most, that's the kind of guy I'm introducing. I'm, I'm introducing somebody whose children matter to him. That just makes my day. It makes my heart sing. And um, the Camino, I will, it's like when I was in the Navy, you get to meet different people. I went to so many different trips when I was uh, stationed in Spain to, to Greece and, and to Italy and to Germany. So it's a, it's a trip that evolves and each day you don't know who you're going to meet, but they're all going to be God's gifts. They're all going to be a little bit crazy because they're walking for a very long way and they've all decided to challenge themselves. And some of them are in better shape than others. So I see from the videos, um, but it doesn't matter. We're all on our own journey. We get to do something exciting and it may be the most exciting thing you've ever done. So um, um, I encourage you to take a look at the Camino de Santiago. Um, and, but fun, 
your your happy and single really matters to me is is encouraging people to think of something that they want to do um and and make it happen set a deadline do something every month there was a joy of living experiment that we had to do at university of santa monica and we had to come up with something and i said you know i've always wanted to what 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 comes to your mind i've always wanted to x tell me joseph what's one thing that would you would say so for me, it's funny we're having this conversation because my my Instagram persona, the It's Possible guy, we're doing the It's Possible challenge right now. Ah, we love it. it. We do it every single week. And it's just picking something from Tuesday to Tuesday that you really wanted to do. And so for myself, I'd kept the song Sweet Child of Mine up on the shelf thinking it was like this just incredibly hard song that only really good guitar players could ever play. How's it go? And so how, do, how does the song go? Or how is it going learning it? How does, how does the song go? Oh, it's like, um, she's got a smile that she sings to me, reminds me of childhood memories. So it's that. It's like, and then it just keeps going. But I'm learning it on guitar. And so the guitar part is actually like, I started playing it and I just, I have a tool that I use called Rocksmith that will slow. I can play almost any song as long as somebody's created it all the way down to like 1% of the speed. So you just start off super slow. Ooh, I like that. What's it called? Rocksmith? Rocksmith. Uh-huh. Okay. And so I started and, you know, after the first, you know, probably in the first week so we also part of this is having doing hashtag like 21 minutes a day because it takes 21 minutes a day is less than it takes to watch a sitcom so you have to watch one less sitcom a day and spend 21 minutes on something you really want to do with your life instead of watching other people's lives on tv and there's no judgment i watch other people's lives on tv too and it was amazing even after the first few days that I was actually able to play at a slower speed. But by after spending about two and a half hours, maybe three or so, I was able to play it at 90% speed. So I wasn't all the way up to 100% speed, but I was playing the actual song. And most people wouldn't have even realized that I was playing it not at speed. And so it's, it's about that. And then, it, and then last Tuesday till t- tomorrow, which is Tuesday, will be, you know, learning the next minute or so of the song. And so you just keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And all of a sudden, it's, it's interesting, even myself watching these videos that I post on my Facebook, which if people want to follow, it's just Joseph Anderson 21. I, I post a lot of public stuff there. And I watch myself play on this on the guitar. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm actually playing that song. You know, and, and so it's really hard. Like Vincent Van Gogh had this quote that he said, if a voice inside you says that you can't paint, paint, and that voice will be silenced. And so by just simply watching myself play and by just playing every day, all of a sudden, I'm playing these songs that are supposedly somewhat hard. And that's what, whenever we slow anything down in our lives, we figure it out. I love it. Yeah, but we sit there thinking for way too long that it's like, no, this is something important people do. This is something expert people do. No, this is something I do. 
See, I just started thinking after my first um, very unattractive roll to the mailbox um, with the scooter, with the skateboard. I'm like, this is not pretty. But, but I thought about John Lee Dumas and the EO Fire podcast. And I love something he said. He said, somebody asked him, when did you think you were getting good? And he says, you know, the day I felt it, I felt like I'm getting good at this. I looked up to see what episode number I was on and it was 480. <laughs> so I'm like, I can do a lot of bad trips to the mailbox and I will get better. So I don't know if I have the, the state stick with it, you know, the attention span to do that, but I will do it at least 20. I will commit to doing it at least 20 times or 21. And um, just just to see what happens, you know, that'll that'll be fun. And I would love to see what other people bring forward. Like my my riding on the scooter, that was my joy. That and taking guitar lessons. And I started oh. I started um, uh, trimming my nails back to. I used to only have long French tips, and then COVID hit. So right after I I started chopping them off, and I got a guitar lesson. But he he left me too long in the do 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 you know the yeah with each going down each fret and it was too slow of a of a progression of learning I didn't have enough reward I didn't get a song out of it and I think I have to have like you're saying with the rocksmith I have to I have to hear something meaningful happening where I feel like I'm progressing and I mean I could play a very pitiful do 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 you know that one uh the dueling banjo one um and i can play happy birthday in a very pitiful i love you my friend you know i know you'll want to hear this because i'm doing it just for you <laughs> but it's not it's it's uh, it's a youtube you know three two one you know whatever thing yeah like like twinkle twinkle yeah so so i'm not a master at these things but they stretch i love being stretched well you know, and I know there's so many people that just don't think they can do stuff later in life, but you, know, you just start. And some people like I've even talked to you say, like, I have a phrase. It's just, you know, people say better, better late than never. It's no, it's better now than never. It doesn't matter. Like if you do late, it matters if you do it now and it matters if you show up and do what you really want to do. But it's funny, even with the rocksmith, there was this girl in Japan, her name's I think Audrey Ishida. And she just played, she was eight years old. She started playing Rocksmith just 30 minutes a day. Now, 30 minutes a day over a year adds up to 182 hours. Wow. And even 21 minutes a day adds up to 128 hours a year. And so she would do that and play a little bit longer on the weekends when she started when she was eight. And I'm guessing she probably missed at least a few days. And now she can play the hardest songs known to man, like, Wow. One, of the, one of the mecca songs of guitar playing, I think, is Dragon Forces um, Through the Fire and the Flames. It has like 64th notes or something crazy in it. Really? Yeah, it's like ludicrously fast and like it's super, super challenging. But not only can she play the guitar part on there, she can also play the bass line with her foot at the same time as she plays the guitar part. And, and so What's she just kept playing. What's the um, bass uh, the bass, the, the bass part. So the bass instrument part of, uh, oh. so she's playing the bass with her foot, the electric bass, and she's playing the guitar with her hands. That's cool. And, and the cool part about the Rocksmith game is you don't even know, you don't even realize that you're practicing because they have games built in also. 
So like there's a game to learn all your chords that's basically a ripoff of one of those House of the Dead type games where you shoot zombies. And it's super over the top and like it's not morbid or anything. It's just it's actually I mean, it's funny for like the first part. And then after that, you just kind of but you're so into, you know, killing these fake zombies and but you have to play the right chord to do it. Or it doesn't work. And so and so you keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. And all of a sudden you don't realize that you're getting better. And there's a quote that I once heard, and I'm, I'm not going to take the time to find it, but it's basically, so it takes 400, 400 tries to create a new synapse of the brain, a new synapse pathway or whatever those are called. I didn't know that. But if you're doing it in play, it only takes 20. So what do you mean play? If you're playing, like if you're doing it in a state of play, like I'm all about play. Everything mm-hmm. I do is about play. But so if you're doing it in a state of play, so when I'm playing all these chords, I'm learning them because it's like, oh, I got to do this fast. Otherwise, the zombie's going to kill me. You know, and so, and so I learned all these chords so much so that when I go back and play other songs, chords that I used to look at and be like, oh, how do I play that? It's like, oh, I know how to play that. So it's just like now my chord library is very extensive, whereas before it was very simple. Are you saying that's how Rocksmith works? Yeah. Oh, we dang. I met the guy who created Guitar Hero. I go to all these events where I can meet leaders of industry and innovators and then find single people at them. And I get to learn at the same time. And it was just fun taking a picture of him with him where we're like, you know, playing air guitar. Yeah, but I don't know anything about Guitar Hero, really. Well, and I love what you just brought up because, you know, some people might have thought Guitar Hero was stupid. If Guitar Hero hadn't existed, and I played Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero, I think was one of the first times I learned at least in a, in a short way to play on a plastic guitar, sweet child of mine. Really? And through the fire and the flames from dragon force. But I mean, there's only five buttons. Like there's nothing that translates other than maybe the speed of your hands. That might be the only thing that would translate from guitar hero to rocksmith. But if guitar hero had never existed, somebody might not have come along and created rocksmith. So sometimes we're so like, Oh man, I wish I did this better. I wish that I did this better. We, we just have to understand everything has its progression and we just have to show up because there's a really cool scripture that says by, by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. That's it. I am loving learning from you. This is <laughs> a blast. I am totally getting Rocksmith. Oh yeah. So what's really cool is I'm going to get it. Hold on. I went to Italy a long time ago when I was stationed in Spain and there were these guys that had us over at their place and I'm 21, 20, and he had three guitars in his living room. And I wish I could tell you the guy's name, but um, I said, why do you have three? It's like when I met the girl who gave me this ring, she had this little bitty cheap ring, um, just, just a wire. And she had one on this finger, this finger, and another one over here. And I wondered, why did she need three? Because they all seem to do the same mission, you know? (laughs) And she says, I don't know. You want one? And I'm like, no, I don't want one. It's wondered why you had three. And she said they were gifts with purchase at Victoria's Secret. And I'm like, ah, and and what have I learned? I said, but if you give it to me, as she's like handing it like this, I'm like, I'm keeping it. And that's the girl who the priest called to see um, what I did to introduce the two of them the guy from Omaha, the priest from Omaha. 
So this, similarly, I'm in Italy with my girlfriend, Sandra, and we were both radiomen in the Navy. That was before I got my commission. And uh, I learned Morse code. I'm going to do some fun things with Morse code soon. So um, he, has, he has three guitars in his living room. And I said, why do you have three? He says, I don't know. You want one? I mean, it's a pattern in my life. And I'm like, no, I just wondered why you had three. He said, pick one. And I'm like, okay, I uh, picked this one. And it, I've had it ever since, ever since I was 21. And I told you I'm at least 40. <laughs> so this is what I'm learning to play. Isn't that really cool? Oh. Yeah. So, oh, and Dolan Ellis restrung it once. And he was one of the members of the New Christie Minstrels, a very old, old band, like a folk folk band and um it, i'm just like color me blessed the people in my life you know i have a picture with uh, uh that um uh henry dilt took and henry took the first album cover for crosby stills and nash if you know who they are you know who they are right i've heard the name what's like their famous song oh dang it i don't know there's so many um, but there's a, there's a really great video called under the covers and Henry and his partner, Gary did so many album covers for Joni Mitchell and Jackson Brown and oh, no way. Eagles. I yeah. I, yeah love, I, mean, I love some of Joni Mitchell's songs, mainly, they, they, mainly both sides. I think that is just, I look dead live from both sides now. Yep. I, I love that. Such a, yeah, such a great um, song. Anyways, continue. <laughs> so, so he has a story about how I love stories. You know, that's why I can listen to people all day long that are single is I want to hear their stories. And I mean, can you get, can you imagine one of my guys, I was upstairs getting pictures of a girl back when we didn't do digital. So I've been doing this that long. Um, and he picks up this guitar and starts playing it. He's a total hottie and he's been married. I don't know how long now, but he told Fox business when they wanted to talk to one of my clients um, that uh, it makes sense. If you're going to hire uh, if, if you're going to have a legal issue, you want the best attorney on it. You know, they, they know that's their expertise. You want your finances to be handled by a financial, you know, CPA, whatever expert. You want the girl who knows all the women you want to date, who goes to all these thousands of events to pick the best person because I suck at picking them on my own. You know, because all the girls who want the guys with money target them. And how does he know, you know, how does he find a good one? So he's down here picking up a guitar, playing it in my living room. And I'm like, pinch me that I get to do this for a living and have a hottie in my living room who is single waiting for me to introduce him to the love of his life, who I did find. And I knew, <laughs> moment, I knew the moment I met her, I wanted her for him, that she wasn't ready. And it took six months. I had to see her at another event where she got emotionally ready. She had a bad breakup. And I said, I still want you for that guy. That's the guy. And she's like, I'm ready now. And I'm like, and he knew within 30 days, you know? So anyway, playing the guitar, the things that we do, everything. I want to come back to something you said, though. Like you said something yeah. I thought was really cool that brought up something for me. There, it's, it's talked about, you know, when David, when, uh, I don't know, whoever sculpted the David sculpture, was it Michelangelo? Michelangelo sculpted David. He said all he did was he just, you know, he just chiseled out what wasn't there. And they talk about with books, all you're doing is you're pretty much a scribe for a book that's pretty much already there. And you're mm -hmm. just, you're just the con conduit per se, or instrument that it comes through. 
And so it just kind of, so what occurred to me is like, there's all these invisible strings mm-hmm. that, can, that are connecting people and you're just able to see the strings. <laughs> you're, you're, you're bio 37. How tall are you? Six foot. That's all, that's all being like stored up here somewhere magical for when this motivated, beautiful girl who, does she want children? Yes. <laughs> comes into my head, comes into my view. I'm like, oh. You know, I met this great guy. I also see when I was saying my head was going in different directions thinking, I mean, I think your girl would be the type to go to a, um, a UPW event. Oh, I'm, I'm the power of Tony Robbins. Yeah. Isn't that UPW unlimited? Is it that is, what it is? It is UPW. Tony, yeah. Tony actually got me into coaching years ago, but never. I'm just thinking your girl, that know. would resonate, that he would resonate with her, her soul. No, on fire. I, I want to, I want to point out something interesting. You know, here we are supposed to be, you know, having a, <clears throat> having a conversation and in an interview about you and you care so much about people that you're still sitting here and being like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Tell me this, tell me this, tell me this about you. So I, I could find you the perfect person. Well, I God just, sent us here just, for this moment and I'm not going to get a mulligan and we're not going to get a mulligan moment. I'm happy to come talk to you again, but, but what if, you know, we don't know when the bus is going to hit us. And if the bus doesn't hit me for another year and God sends her to me in December, I want to know that I took advantage of this moment today. Well, and that's a beautiful thing just there alone. I mean, taking advantage of every beautiful moment. Like I think, you know, so many. And a beautiful soul. Well, yeah. And like so many, thank you. Like so many people, they go with you know, they go around life and like they plan a specific hour for meditation or, you know, time to reflect or something. And then they go through the rest of their life, like a crazy, like a crazy psycho driver. But every single moment of our life, if we're present, it can be one of those incredibly beautiful moments. Oh yeah. I met this guy at a bus stop. Can I tell you a story? Of course has nothing to do with, with matchmaking. Uh, but I was at USM for lunch and I hadn't seen the beach yet. And I, I had uh, asked, I had raised my hand. Um, they said, why are you here? And I'm like, I'm here to be the best matchmaker on planet earth. Um, Cause that's what Steve Hardison said I was, you know, <laughs> but <it> was, oh, <laughs> my ego was just so at the top. And, 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 I'll never forget that it's Ron and Mary Holnick, PhD, that, that run it. They've been running it forever. I adore them both. And Mary says, being a matchmaker isn't who you are. It's what you do. And that was day one. And I, I was just like, you know, poof. Um, and, and I'm cool with that because I can learn. I can grow. I don't need to take it personally. She was trying to help me. And I get to choose whether it helps me. And to not choose that would be a mistake or a missed opportunity. And I thought, so what do I really want? Well, I haven't seen the beach yet. And I joined the Navy to be near the beach and serve our country and get trained for, you know, an educational and all these other things too, medical and dental, um, you know, all these wonderful things that happen as a result of it. But I hadn't seen the beach. So I made it my mission during lunch. We got an hour and a half to two hours. So I knew I'd be cutting it close because it's 21st in Wilshire and the ocean is 21 away. Um, and, uh, uh, but that's just to get 
down to Ocean Drive without hitting the beach yet. If you know, I'm, I'm so excited just even talking about being near the beach. That, uh, <laughs> just, I can picture it in my head. So um, um, I met these guys at a bus stop and I, I asked them, would the bus get me to there faster? Because I'd already gone like 12 blocks and I was sweating and I was walking as fast as I could. And um, they said, definitely. And I looked at him and the guy was playing guitar and he was with a guy who had, uh, was a special needs. He was his caregiver. Um, and, um, he had, I said, well, I don't, I don't have cash. I know that they're going to require cash here. And he says, well, they always give me extra bus tickets to, um, uh, be able to take him around town. Why don't you use this one? And I'm just like that message from God message. There, there's my gift right in front of me. And I was just like, thank you. You know, um, this is just beautiful. And we all have moments like that where people just want to give to you and help you do the things you want to do if you'll only tell them and ask their help. And as Sidney Banks talks about along those same lines, he says every insight comes with its own kit. Kit? And kit, yeah. It comes, with, it comes with its own kit. So all of the answers, and there's a really cool song I've been reflecting on lately. It's called Lead Kindly Light. And in it, it says, one step enough for me. We want all the steps. We want, we want God to essentially hand us, you know, hand us a book or something, like hand us a book. And so we can flip to the end and be like, oh, that's how that works out. Yeah, I don't do that. Like, but what he really does is he more so hands us little sticky notes. You know, he hands us tiny sticky notes with just a single word on it that just says, oh, take this step take this step, almost like stage directions. But if we just take the steps, oh, everything opens up. It was so cool. I, I remember going into a parking lot on my way to school and this guy who was letting us in, he was a volunteer from class. They create a sacred space. They hold sacred space for us. And he started our day by helping us with our parking passes, get into where we're supposed to park. And he had such light from him. And I just, I, I'm like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, um, do you want to go to lunch? I mean, I was just bold. And he says, he says, I have a girlfriend. And I said, she can come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need him to fall in love with and get married to me. I just loved his energy. It was so funny. And he went in and he told her all about it. And she came up to me and we just had a good laugh. I mean, I don't need, I don't need anybody to worry that I'm after their man or that I'm trying to take anybody apart. You know, I'm just here for joy and possibility and whatever now is, you know, whatever we get. And, and then, you know, who knows what will happen, whatever will happen, will happen. And it'll be, it'll be great. And if it's not great, we find another great. <laughs> Well, I love what you're doing with the It's Possible guy. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's actually been super fun to watch people, you know, start talking back and forth in like the comments on Instagram and be like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. Oh, good job. Like what? Yeah. Like what? Um, so one of them actually like wrote poems, like including they wrote, they wrote a poem about me. That was, that was pretty cool. That about was, you? Yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. About like the It's Possible guy, you know, side of me and. And so like, that was super cool. And another person, I just barely glanced at this last night and I was super tired because I'd just gotten in from, from Utah. 
but they wrote like i think they were like retiling their floor or something or just you know so everybody's just picking all these things and so you know that's our goal is to get you know just have more and more people across the entire world join you know until it pretty much reaches a tipping point that every every single person in the world is like oh yeah it's possible challenge i i do that every week you know it's kind of like it's kind of along those lines you know and and it's amazing, like the more that people just show up and live the life that they really want to, like, you know, so we've got a, I'm, I'm curious of, like, what's helped you, you know, find the most happiness for yourself being single? Like, what, what advice would you give to women out there of, of all ages? Well, not just women, but in, anybody of You've all ages. You've referenced age a few times, which just makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> Let me see. What would I? What have, would I give him advice on? On what, having what fun, is, enjoying life. Yeah. What's helped you to find happiness being single? I get to wake up. Another day I get to wake up is another day of possibility, and that's exciting to me. And each day I get to create. I love. Um, I mean, I called myself excitable. I met my birth brother when I was, I think he was 36, I was 42. And my birth mother found me. And we both learned that what we had most in common is we were both excitable. And we were so excited to meet each other. I remember the, um, the person from the Peoria orphanage, I was adopted out of Peoria, Illinois, told me that I shouldn't get too excited and that I, I might find myself attracted and I'm like, to my brother, ooh, this is, sounds disgusting. And, uh, <laughs> but we hit it off so well. And he, he did, he was the risk taker. He did 2000 skydives. And I'm telling you, I'm, I can do, uh, I fly the indoor, you know, in a tube. I can do that. Um, and that was exciting and I can do it better. Um, but I'd rather spend my money on, on other things because it's a bit expensive to do an uh, hour or 20 minutes in, in that. And I'd rather do something that has a bigger payout. But um, um, what they can do it would just be what's something you've always wanted to do? What's one little thing that you could do today that would bring you joy? Or what's like, I have a girlfriend who is, uh, she does, says she's not got COVID, she's got something though. She got the mumps in, in the UK and the healthcare system has uh, made it really hard for her to get treatment, really extremely hard. And I want to um, I want to have adventures. She invited me to go see castles before COVID. And it doesn't matter what we do. I'm enjoying texting her. So maybe it's sending a text that's fun. You see something fun. I wanted to, I wanted to give her something that get, had oomph. She said, one of the fixes right now is to take a ton of vitamin C. And one of my friends said, you take enough C to either get the runs or get rid of the bug. And you, you cut back once you hit the, the diarrhea. And I shouldn't say that on your show, but, um, <laughs> but I sent her, I'm like, I look through the gifts for um, fire hose. <laughs> and I found the perfect gift of the guy spinning with a fire hose. <laughs> fun in the moment and celebrating your friends because we need somebody 
who thinks that we're special enough to go find a gift, you know? And um, if, if this lights up what's special in you to do something, send me something. If you don't have somebody else to send it to, send me something um, and uh, make me laugh. Or, or I, I'm, I really want to find more pictures of couples that are running into each other's arms in case anybody wants to take that on with me. Um, because I, there's just such magic in that. And not the kind that's, you know, what you see on TV, you know, they choreographed it. I, I want, I want like people at airports when the ship comes in and the family's waiting, you know, things, things where you just like, that's, that's real. You know, the dog comes running up, you know? I love what you said about being excitable, you know, like that, that is a gift, like being able to be excited about almost anything and finding joy in whatever circumstance you're in, because I think for plenty of people, they feel that their life just has not gone according to plan and it hasn't gone according to their plan. It may, it may have gone according to God's plan or, I mean, I don't understand or know how it all works, but there really is something about finding joy in every moment. I think sometimes people put their lives on hold because they want to do all those things with their person. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, you, you wanted to do all those things with your person. Would you prefer to do them by yourself or not at all? Because right now you don't have a person. So, you know, like, go live your life. Go live your well, adventure. There's a group on Clubhouse for solo travelers. And I enjoyed them. One of, uh, that's how I met a guy who wrote a book, one of the books I got on the Camino de Santiago. So there's so much out there. If you just lift, you know, one finger and, and just go to Google, you know, I, or to Meetup, or to Clubhouse, or to Twitter. I mean, I made, I made a friend out of one of the girls. This is perfect. She's an inspiration for, thanks to Twitter, years ago. And she, I had asked anybody on Twitter if they wanted to go for a hike, and she thought I meant her. <laughs> Cyan Proctor, PhD. And she's, she's going to space for three days. And I just watched the first two episodes on Netflix and we became friends. So friends are out there waiting for you to be their friend. They truly are. And I, this sounds almost too good, you know, and I don't mean it to be Pollyanna-ish. It's just one little thing can make a difference in your day. I totally forgot about that. I just watched the show yesterday, the first two episodes. Um, and there's so many joys. You only get today once. I said that earlier. And if I don't use it, that's on me. And this has really been such a joy to be in this conversation with you, Joseph. I mean, you really are a gem. And, and um, you know, there's magic to be woven for us being here together. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really grateful to have had you. And we probably should start wrapping up because we have, we have been going on for a little while. But did we cover what you wanted to? Well, I mean, it's, it's just an unscripted interview. So of where, of where we want to go, but I, like, I will, like, what, what advice would you give to somebody that's just really, really struggling with, you know, being single and, you know, even seeing their own self-worth, like just, but they just, they've lost hope. Like so many people, especially ones that have been divorced and been through some awful divorces they just don't want to get up anymore and 
keep trying there you know i mean you've probably seen on facebook there's some very resentful <laughs> singles communities on facebook and and uh that's kind of how some of them turn but how how would you help them find like to see the hope to see the light and like what and maybe even what's been the hardest part for you about being single and what's helped you I think you don't know how you're going to spend your money when you win the lottery until the money's in your hands. So for me to tell you a one size fits all answer for each person who might have something hard going for them, I can't, I'm not that wizard. I would say have a conversation with somebody you love. And I know that like I've been that person when somebody's gone through a divorce and it is tough to you need more, maybe more than one person because you, you, to exhaust the one, it's, it's not a blessing in their life. They want to be a blessing for you, but to constantly go at them day after day after day and never show any light that serves them back is tough. You're allowed a, a period of grieving and anger and all those stages that, of grief and uh, death, you know, um, loss, um, go through them and nurture yourself and make sure you don't skip any any part of it and try to find what was good that you've had before talk to your person this is an exercise i really liked at school they ask you to go back to yourself before the bad thing and what would you what what would you talk with her or him about how would that conversation go what would you tell her when you know uh, what's coming up next? How would you tell her to handle it? And, and how would you tell her to get out, get through it? How would your wisest self counsel yourself? Because you're going to have the absolute best answer out of anybody in the whole planet, how you can get through it. Because you know what you were like when you were good, when you were happy, when things were good for you. And you are able and strong and more powerful than you know. That's beautiful. Like, I love what you just said about, you know, go back to that place before that happens to you because you're still the same person. Like all we do is we carry, we carry our own thinking about whatever events happened to us after that time, but we really still are a lot of that same person and we can tap back into that. So I think that's, I think that's super helpful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And like, you know, it has, it's been so much fun to have this conversation and I'm so grateful for everything that you've been willing to share. You have such an amazing, amazing gift and an amazing spirit about you. And now I just wanted to, to take a moment and just share with, share with the people listening, if they'd like to get a hold of you and connect with you, how they could do so. Hmm. How much to share? Um, let me see. I'm Roseanne Higgins. Um, it'll be on your, it's R-O-S-E-A-N-N-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. I'm, that's my ID everywhere. You can direct message me on Instagram. You could message me on Twitter and pray um, that I see it. Um, and uh, on Facebook, my uh, phone number is on the website. So that's pretty easy. The website's especially selective.com. Um, and just know that I'm, I'm always going to want to do what's good for you. Um, I thought about something on the dark thing. 
I didn't, when I, when I said, what did, would you just say to yourself to advise yourself to get through? Also acknowledge what the dark was and what you can learn from it and not repeat it again. That's hard to do, to not go through the hard part because you know how, what you're drawn to, you know what your weaknesses are. And it's, it's when people have relationship after relationship with the same bad person or marriage after marriage, they weren't bad. You just made a choice where you love these one things that always suck you in. And then oh, I saw the red flags, but I didn't, I didn't stop myself because I got some reward over here and I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the things that I should have. What can you do differently the next time? And if you don't do it the next time, what can you do the time after that? It's like the person who goes into rehab. I just watched a Glenn Close movie and her daughter had been, her daughter was played by Mila Kunis. And they asked her how many times she'd been in rehab, 14. I mean, talk about the parenting that that would take to go through. And it's not easy. Life is hard sometimes. And to have somebody who believes in you and, and then you finally get to believe in you again. Um, I'm not an expert at this. So I, I, I just want everybody to have somebody that believes in them as much as they believe in themselves that's there for them to do. Well, thank, thank you so much. And thank you for your sharing. But I, I mean, I really, it really matters because you're right. Life isn't always perfect. And, and if somebody called me in pain, one guy called me in pain one day, at least once. And he said that he was getting a divorce and I could just hear the anguish. Listening for that anguish and having a friend who will listen to your anguish is a gift. And I knew that I should not take money from that man, no matter how much he wanted to have somebody cherish him. And I said, it sounds like you love your wife. They were going through a divorce, he said, but he hadn't. It, it hadn't completed. And I said, you may want to revisit this because it won't be easy to find someone that makes you feel this strongly and to feel this hurt. And maybe you should give everything with all your might to winning her back. You won't be able to move on until you know you've given everything. And if it doesn't work out after that, then call me. But I don't want to hear from you until that point. What happened? <laughs> I never heard from him again. <laughs> so maybe it worked out. <laughs> I, I, I think, I mean, I could feel that he had to, I mean, to be moved to that level of hurt, uh, it takes someone extraordinary. Doesn't happen every day. Got to pay attention to that. And if you drop the ball, pick it back up a lot again and again and again and again until somebody believes you that you really mean it and that you were sorry and that you're going to be a better person we all we all have possibility to learn and be our best selves it's not easy but he had it he wouldn't have he wouldn't have showed his pain to me if he didn't love her i like that that was god that was god that was you being an instrument in God's hands to you know, help somebody, help two people, actually. But I mean, the love, that was God. Yeah, definitely. Well, 
Well, thank you so much for for joining us today. We'll, we'll on on that note, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up. And uh, yeah, thank thank you so much. Really thank appreciate you, you being here. This was fun. This was this was a joy. You ask a lot of meaningful questions, and you care. And um, I never worry about time on on these things because. Who knows, it may be the 20th question you ask where something helps somebody and that's the one you air. And that's the one that I'd be happy with. Thank you. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, One of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes, so you can go to the website Happy nsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world... Then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.